Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have referred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into a brand new edition of the BSN Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind here on a Friday. Hope everybody had a good week. As always, we are presented by The Green Solution. You guys, make sure to check these guys out. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations, or you can also browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. You can reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout, where you'll be in and out in minutes. And if you use code BSN20, you can get 20% off your entire purchase. Friday edition of the show, a couple news items I want to get to here then. Finally get to some listener questions in a little bit about if Brad Beal or Andre Godal might still be in the cards for Denver. Are the Nuggets done this summer with moves? Is there a player on this Nuggets roster right now that could make a Pascal Siakam-like leap next season? I will discuss all of that and some more momentarily couple items to take care of real quick before I get into a bit of news here, Nuggets-related, FIBA-related, Team USA-related. We're hosting a bar crawl this Friday, tonight. If you're listening to this podcast before Friday evening, come down to Blake Street Tavern at 7.30, a free bar crawl. We're partnering with Breck Brewing. Uh, you guys know all about that. we got a great partnership with them going. Uh, so we'll, we'll be doing a lot of events with them moving forward. But starting at 7.30 Friday evening, this evening, we're starting at Blake Street Tavern, then moving to Sports Column, finishing up at Ice House. Come join us. A lot of BS and Denver riders will be down there. A lot of Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, Broncos fans as well. It's free. You know, what could be better than that? Also, right now at bsndenver.com, if you're not subscribed, it's a great time to get on board. We're having a sale right now, actually in conjunction with Broncos Training Camp, where you can get a subscription to BS and Denver for just $2.91 a month. It's 60% off our regular price. Get a free t-shirt of your choice as well. Check them out at bsendenver.com. Rockies, Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Church, much more to come as well. And how you get that deal for a subscription for only $2.91 a month, use code BRONCOSCAMP. That's all one word, B-R-O-N-C-O-S-C-A-M-P. And again, you can get a subscription to BSN Denver. You get Nuggets, Rockies, Avalanche, Broncos content, also CU and CSU content. We just started that up, expanded our coverage a little for only $2.91 a month. So make sure to get that bsendeavor.com backslash subscribe and use the code BRONCOSCAMP. couple news items to get to here. FIBA World Cup related. Training camp, Team USA training camp for the FIBA World Cup getting underway 
August 5th in Las Vegas through August 9th. And then uh, the actual tournament starts August 31st. Paul Millsap, who it looked like he was really in line to make this team. He was obviously one of the preliminary 20 players chosen in that first round of selections. And he had kept his name, I guess, officially in the pool, it seemed. But he officially pulled out earlier this week. The news came down from USA Basketball in a press release. One of the many players to pull out of Team USA for this summer's World Cup joining Anthony Davis, James Harden, Kevin Love, just a ton of guys who had pulled out of this thing. So Team USA looking kind of weak, but they did bring in another Nuggets player for training camp, Mason Plumley, who, according to that press release that USA Basketball sent out, will attend training camp, and he'll fight for one of those 12 spots on the FIBA World Cup team. If you guys remember, Mason Plumley, when Coach K was still heading up the national team, I believe, the Duke connection obviously helped him out here, but he was on that gold medal winning 2014 FIBA World Cup team that the U.S. had. I think they won a perfect 9-0 in competition. In the first round of cuts there, Plumlee, like, famously made the team over DeMarcus Cousins, and that was like a big media firestorm, at least initially. I think Cousins finally did get on the team after all, but Plumlee initially made it over him, if my memory serves correct. He averaged like two points a game, two rebounds, didn't play a ton of minutes, but has been in the USA basketball program, has some pedigree there, so... The center position not looking terribly deep, and that was the reason why I thought Paul Millsap kind of had an inside track on a roster spot. It's like Brooke Lopez, Miles Turner, Kevin Love is not in it anymore, and that's really kind of it. So maybe Mason Plumlee makes the team. Uh, we'll have to see. But the reason a lot of people are dropping out, and I've gotten this question a lot on Twitter, but it's like a six-week commitment to play with Team USA through training camp, and then obviously if you get selected on that 12-man roster. So you go from August 5th, and then the tournament doesn't start until August 31st, and it goes through like the middle of September. So it's pretty much like a six-week commitment, and that's a lot because the tournament wraps up middle of September, and then you've got training camp for your actual NBA team, you know, the one you're getting paid a lot of money to play for. That matters a whole lot more than Team USA, and that training camp starts – Usually the last week of September, at least that's when it started last year. So not a quick turnaround there. And it's just a lot. It's great to represent your country. I love to do it if I was in their position, but it's a lot to do that and then turn around and face an 82-game regular season, a preseason that's still way too long, if you ask me, and then a training camp, and then maybe even you know a playoffs. Potentially 28 more games if you go seven games in each of the four rounds on your way to a potential championship. So the Team USA commitment, it's a lot in the offseason, and that's why a lot of guys are dropping out. It's not because of potential injury, I don't think, because these guys play basketball like every day. They're always putting themselves out there for potential injury. You know, maybe it's a small part of it because, yeah, when guys are working out every day, they're not going five-on-five live action as hard as they can. And when you're playing with Team USA, you've definitely got a bullseye on your back. But still, I mean, guys are playing some form of basketball every day. I don't think injury is as big of a part of it as just the time commitment that it is. So no Millsap on Team USA this summer at the FIBA World Cup. Still very excited to watch the competition, though. Nikola Jokic still in line to play for Serbia. August 31st is when this thing starts. 
a team Serbia in training camp now, I believe. I don't think the NBA players are there. I don't think they report until August 2nd. But training camps are getting underway soon. Juancho Aaron Gomez with Spain, he'll be playing for them. I don't think Spain will necessarily have the same kind of luster that they usually do with kind of how the Gasol brothers have declined here recently. And there hasn't been that infusion of Spanish talent that there usually is. So I think Serbia really could be not the favorite. I'm not going to put them as a favorite because the U.S. probably still deserves to be the favorite with just their pedigree and and the talent they still can assemble even when a lot of guys drop out. But I think Serbia's got a great chance to win this thing. If you guys remember in 2016, the Rio Olympics, Serbia lost by three points to the U.S. in the group stage and then got blown out in the gold medal game. Uh, But they can definitely hold their own with the U.S., and that was against a U.S. team that was loaded with, like, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. There was a lot of talent on that U.S. team, way more than there is now, and I think that Serbia team is much better now than they were in 2016, right? Like, nobody knew about Nikola Jokic in 2016. He was coming off the bench for that Serbia team, if you can imagine that. He played really well against the U.S., but still only played, like, 20 minutes a game, 25 minutes a game or so off the bench. And so he'll obviously be the focal player for them. I think Jokic is probably the second best player at this FIBA World Cup behind Giannis, who's playing for Team Greece. With everybody that's dropped out for the U.S., I probably got Jokic as my second-ranked player just in the entire tournament, which is crazy. So Serbia is definitely a threat for this team because they've got him, Bogdan Bogdanovic, Boban Monjanovic, and also a couple other guys who have had a couple cups of coffee with NBA teams, uh, specifically Milos Tidosic, point guard for the Clippers, couple years ago, he played two seasons in the NBA, but is now back overseas. He'll be manning the point for that Serbian team. So they are skilled. And then we've got Team Canada. Jamal Murray invited to Team Canada's training camp. No official word if he'll attend or who the roster is that Canada is really assembling here. But they've got a lot of talent. They'll be competitive as well. But I'll put them and slot them probably a tier below Serbia as well. So I'm excited for the FIBA World Cup. Excited to watch Serbia and Jokic go up against potentially Team USA, potentially Mason Plumlee. And if Jamal Murray plays for Canada, I think that'd be cool too because he would really be like Team Canada's top scoring option. I believe Team Canada's starting backcourt, if everybody plays, would be Shai Gilgis-Alexander, Jamal Murray. That'd be a pretty fun backcourt to watch. So we'll see what happens with that, who plays for Team Canada, who doesn't. And, of course, I'll keep you guys updated on all the FIBA World Cup action and latest news as we get closer towards it. Remember, the tournament tips off August 31st. It's being played in China as well, which could be another reason why not a ton of U.S. players want to participate. A lot of travel there. A lot of travel ahead of a long and grueling 82-game season where uh, there's tons of travel as well. Before we get to some questions, it is time, like we do every podcast, to take a second and acknowledge... Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. I love these guys. You guys should too. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, most people's personal favorite. I know you guys have had it, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale, but they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky. You guys have heard me talk about it. You've heard me say how good it is. You've got to try this one. You guys are going to love it. For all you beer enthusiasts out there, they're calling this a lighthearted cold shale. But for those of you who aren't beer snobs and have no idea what I'm talking about, it's the light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store. 
or any other Breckenridge beer. And also be sure to check out the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. You'll be able to see all the events that we have planned with Breck Brewing. And of course, we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them, like the Bar Crawl Friday night. So RSVP and have a good time. Let's hit a quick break. On the other side, some questions, a lot of stuff to get to. Could Denver still make a play for Brad Beal or Andre Gadala? Who's going to lead the Nuggets in scoring next season? Also, is there a Nuggets player that can make a Pascal Siakam-type leap next season? I'll get into that in a moment. We'll be right back. If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. But I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. Uh, wines, I find them extremely helpful in ha- helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast, Friday edition of the show. Harrison Wind here solo today. We are presented, of course, by The Green Solution. Guys, make sure to visit mygreensolution.com and use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Let's get to some questions. This one comes from Dante Davenport. He writes in, The Nuggets have done a great job this offseason by keeping the core together plus adding Jeremy Grant, but I feel that we're one or two trades away from making sure that we make it to the finals next season. Either we have to make a move for Bradley Beal or Andre Iguodala. How do you feel about that, and what do you think we would have to give up if we make a move for either player? Thanks for the question, Dante. I'll start off by saying this. I think if Denver was able to add either Bradley Beal or Andre Iguodala to this current group that's assembled and not lose a really significant piece. You know, if they were able to add one of those guys to the core and not lose Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap, Nikola Jokic, they were able to add one of those guys and not lose one of those players. I kind of want to put Monte Morris in that group, but he's tough. Uh, so if they were able to you know, add one of those guys and not lose one of those significant players, you could also add Michael Porter Jr. In, into that group as well. I think that would definitely make Denver a better team, push them closer to a finals appearance. That being said, I think with the Nuggets as currently constructed can make the finals next season. I've been on record about that. But I do think adding one of those guys without losing those key pieces that I mentioned probably pushes them closer, a little bit closer than they are right now. And I think, like I said, Denver can obviously get to the conference finals this year and can definitely get to the conference finals if things break their way. A Beal or Iguodala addition could just get them a little closer. Uh, But let's start with Bradley Beal for the sake of this argument. 
everything that Washington has been putting out throughout the summer and now since they've settled their front office situation and have Tommy Shepard in there as the full-time GM, they've taken the interim tag off of him. All the indications out of Washington are that they're going to hold on to Bradley Beal at all costs. Now they're eligible right now, as I'm currently speaking, to sign him to an extension. And from what I've seen the reporting out of Washington is they've offered him, I think it's a three-year extension that will kick in, I think not next year, but the year after, for around $111 million. So that is on the table for Bradley Beal. If he signs it, great. No, they're probably not trading him, at least not right now. That would signal to me that he wants to stay in Washington. If he doesn't sign it or waits on it, then I think the situation kind of changes and the Wizards might look to trade him maybe before the deadline. So that's what kind of the entire NBA world is waiting for out of Washington. What is Bradley Beal going to do with this extension? Personally, I don't think he signs it. And I think he could get traded maybe not sooner rather than later because I think the Wizards would take a very methodical approach with this and they're definitely not going to part with him for something in a package that they don't think is right. But if he turns down that extension, he's still under contract for this coming season and the next season. So it's not like you have to trade him right away, but that would definitely put the Wizards on the clock a little bit, I think. And if Beal does go on the market, man, there are going to be a lot of people looking to grab him because it's not that often that you can get a 25, 26-year-old shooting guard like him who can play a couple different backcourt positions, who's super durable, played 82 games last year, good character guy, and just is the type of talent that Bradley Beal is at 26 years old. So people will come calling for sure. And what would a package look like to get Bradley Beal? Well, if I'm the Wizards, I pick up the phone and call the Nuggets and say, all right, we'll take Jamal Murray. And then when the Nuggets hang up the phone, you call back and say, okay, let's negotiate. How about Gary Harris and Malik Beasley? And I think the Nuggets still probably turn that down, but that's probably the type of package the Wizards would want, I would guess, an established guy and then another prospect that they really value high. Maybe they want another draft pick as well. Not really sure what the Wizards want. Uh, This is a new front office there. We'll see what direction they take. Uh, But I can assure you that if Bradley Beal is on the market, he'll be a hot commodity and there will be a lot of teams looking to get their hands on him. When it comes to Andre Iguodala, a little bit of a different situation. Doesn't seem like the Grizzlies want to buy him out, at least not right now. That can definitely change when the season starts. But In terms of a trade, I think I've said this before, but a Will Barton and Wancho package works out financially, and I have a feeling that's kind of the return that the Grizzlies would want. Maybe they want a future pick. You know, not really sure, but I can't envision Denver or another team giving up more than kind of a package like that for Iguodala. And then the more likely scenario, I think, is he probably follows like the Trevor Ariza track and gets bought out during the season sometime, probably even like before Christmas. I could see that happening. And he looks to go to a contender. Maybe he gets bought out sooner than that. And there's been rumors that the Clippers would want him. The Lakers would surely want him. So Denver would definitely face a lot of competition if he got to the buyout market there. If you're going to ask me for just in terms of value, who would the Nuggets be better off going after? 
when you're thinking about everything, future financials, who the Nuggets would have to give up in a package, what kind of assets they would have to relinquish in any of those deals, either to acquire Beal or to acquire Iguodala via trade or on the buyout market. I think Iguodala is the guy the Nuggets should focus their attention on instead of Beal if that's the choice they're making. Like I don't, I don't think they're making that choice, and I think the Nuggets are comfortable hanging the training camp with the roster currently assembled. But just in some imaginary world, if Denver was choosing to go after either Beal or Iguodala, I think they should go after Iguodala. You won't have to give up as much to get him, and I think he fits a bigger need for you. He's the wing defender that can play the three and the four and is pretty much a really elite European race car version of Torrey Craig. He does a lot of the same things Torrey Craig does, but just does everything a lot better. Super high IQ offensively and defensively. Not a great shooter from three, but seems to make some clutch shots, or definitely has made some clutch shots for the Warriors over the years. Can guard multiple positions. Can facilitate in the half court as well. Good in transition. Great locker room leader. He's a guy that will check a lot of boxes for the Nuggets. I do think he check a few more boxes than Bradley Beal would. I'm not saying Bradley Beal is redundant, because I think he's a better player than Gary Harris. I think he'd fit in seamlessly. More durable, obviously. He, he's shown that over his career. But Iguodala just seems like he's a guy that would fill in some of Denver's weaknesses and make up for some of the areas the Nuggets are lacking in more than Beal. I don't know what Denver's interest would be in Bradley Beal. I do know and have heard that they would be interested in Iguodala. So we'll have to kind of monitor that situation, see what happens with Iguodala, because I can't imagine he's going to finish the season in Memphis. I have a hard time envisioning him starting the season in Memphis, personally. Well, we'll see what the Grizzlies do to move on that. Moving on here, got another question submitted from Chris Hansen via email. Nikola Jokic led Denver in scoring last season. He averaged 20.1 points per game. And Jamal Murray was second, 18.2 points per game. Who will lead the Nuggets in scoring next year? Fascinating question. This is one I've been thinking about. And my pick is going to be Nikola Jokic. I'm going to pick him to lead Denver in scoring again next season. But I do predict that for the first time since Allen Iverson and Carmel Anthony in 2007-2008, the Nuggets will have two 20-plus point-per-game scores. I think both Jokic and Jamal Murray will average greater than 20 points per game next season. Uh, I'll take Jokic to quote-unquote lead the team with Murray finishing a quick second. Here's why I think it's going to be Jokic. I guess it kind of boils down to this. Like, I think Murray will take a leap in usage this year. He finished second in usage percentage last year to Jokic. I still see that order staying the same this year, but I'm predicting a jump in usage with Murray just because he's another year in the league. He got the max deal. I feel like he's going to shoulder a little more responsibility this year, especially on the offensive end of the floor. So I think his usage percentage will rise. I think his field goal attempts will rise, and I think his scoring average will rise as well. But my overarching observation when just watching those two guys score, it's like Jokic gets 20 points without breaking a sweat. He gets 20 points without even noticing. Murray has to work for his 20 points every night. And so I just think when it comes down to it, there's still going to be a little inconsistency in the Jamal Murray's game like there's been over the last couple of seasons. I think he'll be more consistent next year than he's been at any other point throughout his career. But Jokic is always consistent, you know, and he'll always get his 18 to 20 points 
just being in the right spot at the right time. Got a couple layups a game, a couple transition points, a couple tip-ins, a three. You know, he gets the 20 without breaking a sweat, and it just takes Jamal a lot more effort to get his. Don't get me wrong. I'm predicting a big year from Jamal Murray. I might even, before the season starts, predict he'll make an all-star team. Not ready to go there quite yet, but I think it's going to be in the cards for him. Uh, like last year, I think Nuggets are going to get off to a really hot start. And last year, they were still kind of this mystery team over the first half of the season. They weren't a mystery to us in Denver, uh, but they're on the map now. They have expectations now. People are going to be watching the Nuggets from day one next season, and they'll probably be near the top of the Western Conference when people are voting on all-star teams. Jamal Murray is definitely going to emerge as that second banana in Denver next season next to Jokic. That's the role he wants. Getting paid $170 million over the next five years after next season, that's the role he's being paid to fill. And I think he'll have a big year, but I'll still, for this season, predict him to finish second to Jokic in points per game. But I do think both those guys will average at least 20 points per contest. The first time a pair of Nuggets will do that since Allen Iverson and Carmelo Anthony. Got one more question I want to get to, a fun one. If I see anybody on the Nuggets roster making a Pascal Siakam-like leap next season or who is the most likely candidate or candidates to make that type of leap. First, though, a quick word from our friends over at Total Beverage. 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, dirty 30. That's right, Total Bev is giving the BSN fam 30% off your purchase of $25 or more. Use code BSN2019 online or on the Total Beverage app. Download today. As you may or may not know, Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area from Lakewood to Boulder and Aurora to Brighton, and they have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they now offer CBD products. That's right. From drinks to gummies, you can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. Don't let this offer pass you by. Order today and receive 30% off your purchase of $25 or more. And better yet, don't leave the comfort of your home and get it delivered. Cheers from Total Beverage. Final question I wanted to get to on this Friday edition of the show. John Martinez writes in, is there any Nuggets player that you're expecting to make a Pascal Siakam-like leap next season? The first guy I thought of, and there's really three guys I thought of when looking at this question. The first is Jamal Murray, but I do think while Jamal Murray is in for a leap next season, and just from when I've been watching the NBA, it does seem like a lot of point guards make a significant leap from years three to years four. I actually looked at a couple different point guards, some of whom I compared Jamal Murray to a little bit, to see if they did make that leap. Here's what Damian Lillard did from year three to year four, and you guys know, listeners of this podcast know, I've always said Jamal Murray, I think, has a ceiling as a Damian Lillard-type player just from his skill set and also just his makeup, his attitude, his mentality, a guy who's not afraid and loves to take that big shot, who lives for the moment. So I've always compared Murray to Lillard for a couple different reasons, and I still think that comparison rings true to this day. But in 2014-2015, Damian Lillard averaged, he shot 43% from the field, 34% from three, 4.6 rebounds, 6.2 assists per game. In his fourth season, 
Lillard increased his scoring from 21 points per game to 25 points a game. His field goal percentage went down, but his three-point percentage went up from 34 to 37.5%, averaged 6.8 assists to the 6.2 assists he averaged in his third season. Now, there are obviously some differences here. Damian Lillard was playing close to 36 minutes per game, really right out of the gate for Portland. Like, they really put the load on him early. Jamal Murray's not playing those types of minutes. And Lillard was also 24 years old in his third NBA season. Jamal was 21, turned 22. And then obviously in his fourth year, Lillard was 25. Jamal will be 23. So there's an age difference there, but I wonder if we could see a similar type of jump from Murray in year four, like the one Lillard took. But I do think when we're talking about a Pascal Siakam type leap, Jamal Murray is a much more known commodity right now than Pascal Siakam was at the start of last season. Jamal Murray is much more on the NBA radar now than Pascal Siakam like was. So for the sake of this argument, I'm going to eliminate Jamal Murray from this discussion. The two other guys that I thought about, Jeremy Grant and Malik Beasley, to make a Pascal Siakam type leap. Let me start with Jeremy Grant. Obviously, the comparison to Siakam is easy to make there. Both those guys play the same position. Pretty much a combo, playmaking, stretch four. Siakam, more of a ball handler, you know, more of a guy who you want with the ball in his hands initiating more than Grant, I think. But you know, similar size, similar athleticism. The similarities are, are easy to see in some aspects of their game. But for the last few years, I felt like Jeremy Grant was one of the more underrated players in the league in Oklahoma City. Obviously, he got overshadowed there by Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Stephen Adams, really in an ISO offense. And the people around the Nuggets that you talk to about Jeremy Grant, they think this style of play in Denver is going to suit him much better than that one in Oklahoma City. With ball movement, the equal opportunity offense, the motion offense, Oklahoma City just played your turn, my turn for the last three seasons, you know. Russell Westbrook, I mean, even when Paul George wasn't there, it was just, you know, Russell Westbrook taking his turn every time down the floor. But this style of basketball, a lot of people think will really benefit Jeremy Grant. He'll get a lot of open looks, a lot of open layups playing in that dunker spot, a lot of open corner threes where he shot 40% from last season with the Thunder. And also Grant, just he's getting better. You know, he's only 25. So him and Pascal Siakam, they're the same age. They're on a similar trajectory, I think. And Grant, he's really refining his skills right now. I think Denver's going to be a great place for him to do that and even expand on his skill set a bit. He's also going to play a lot. Paul Millsap, I believe, is entrenched as the starting power forward here. And if I had to speculate, I think he'll likely remain the starting power forward this season. But that doesn't mean Jeremy Grant's not going to play a lot. I don't think he's going to play the 31, 32 minutes a game he played last year in Oklahoma City. He's not going to start here in Denver like he did with the Thunder. But he'll definitely play 25-plus minutes a night. I think he'll play between 25 and 30 minutes a night. If I had to think and just project forward, I believe he'll lead the Nuggets in minutes off their bench. I think he'll play more per game than Malik Beasley, obviously more than Mason Plumlee, more than Monte Morris or Torrey Craig or Michael Porter, really whoever you want to talk about. I think he'll be Denver's leading minutes guy off the bench. I believe based on matchups and based on how the game is flowing, he could close some games for Denver over Millsap. And then Denver's going to be able to really rest Millsap throughout the year, load manage him, cut his minutes down. Like I, I imagine Millsap averaging like 23, 24, 25 minutes per game next season. Maybe a little more, but the Nuggets want to get Jeremy Grant on the floor, and his best position is the four. 
That's when Millsap plays. And having Millsap ready and as healthy as possible and energized for the playoffs, obviously much more important than the regular season. So Jeremy Grant's going to play a lot. He's going to play a lot of minutes next to Jokic where he'll probably look way better than anybody thought he would. He'll post better numbers than he ever has in his career next to Nikola Jokic. So I do think Jeremy Grant could be in for a big time leap, maybe a Pascal Siakam-like leap. The other guy that I immediately thought of and that I believe could make a similar Pascal Siakam-type leap if the situation and opportunities present themselves, it's Malik Beasley. And you guys know, listeners of the show know, I am incredibly high on Malik Beasley. I think he's got an extremely high ceiling. I think it could be starting for a lot of different teams in this league right now. He could be probably starting and putting up 20 points per game for half the teams, maybe more than half the teams in the Eastern Conference at this very moment. But in Denver, he's playing behind a guy in Gary Harris who's just flat out better than him right now, and he's not like your natural three. I think he could play a lot of minutes at the three this season, but you know he's not your natural three. He's a more natural two. He's better at the shooting guard spot. But we did see last season what Malik Beasley can do when he's playing 30 minutes a game. This guy averaged like 18 points per game as a starter last year when he filled in for Gary Harris and Will Barton at times. It's just a numbers game that the minutes he probably should be getting, they're just not there right now, and that's tough. So I wouldn't be surprised, and we even saw this a little last year, Malik Beasley's play, it might force Mike Malone's hand a little bit. And you know maybe sometimes we'll see him out there as part of the closing unit based on matchups, based on how the game is going. Malik Beasley is only 22. And I feel like he got way better last season and showed a lot more last season than most were expecting him to. He blew my expectation of him and a lot of people's expectations of him out of the water. I feel like he's going to come back an even better player next season. And if it clicks for him, if that light turns on for him on the defensive end of the floor where the game really slows down, and if he comes back next season and is suddenly a more accomplished and more in-tune off-ball cutter and ball mover and can do a little more with the ball in his hands, man, he is going to be dangerous, a dangerous option for Denver off the bench. And if I'm the Nuggets, I'm trying to lock him up to an extension now because I do think he could have a big year, and I do predict that at times he is going to force Michael Malone's hand and force the Nuggets to really play him. So those are the two guys I think could make a – Pascal Siakam-type leap next season. Jeremy Grant, Malik Beasley. Jeremy Grant, probably more the favorite just because probably a bit more playing time available for him. But, man, what Malik Beasley flashed last year. I really do think the sky's the limit for that guy. That's all the time I got for today's show. Thanks for the questions, guys. Submit your questions to me, wind at bsendenver.com. Also, if you're a BS Endeavor subscriber, leave your questions in the comment section of this post where this podcast will live on bsndenver.com. Those comment sections only available to bsndenver.com subscribers. Leave your comments there, and they'll get top priority on the next show. That's all I got for today. Talk to you guys later. The Colorado Golf Association is dedicated to preserving, improving, and serving the game of golf here in Colorado. And right now they're conducting their annual Dream Golf Vacation Raffle. Ed Mate, executive director of the Colorado Golf Association, gave us some more info on what exactly you can win if you enter. We had six grand prizes this year and 40 plus other prizes. So the, the big ticket items, so to speak, or the grand prizes are a trip to the BMW Championship, including VIP access, thanks to our partnership with BMW. 
Uh, we have trip to Streamsong. We have a trip to Bandon Dunes. We have a trip to Sand Valley. And then we have what I think might be the coolest, a chance to take an, uh, a 7 Series BMW down to Telluride to play in a CGA-only event. The raffle tickets will go on sale on our website, coloradogolf.org. Tickets are $40, and you know all the proceeds from the raffle are going to support youth development in the state of Colorado. So you're making a great donation to a great cause, but you're also having a chance to uh, really have a fantastic dream golf vacation. For a chance to win, be sure to go to coloradogolfassociation.org.